Welcome back, folks, to Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly for the weekend of January 20th. I'm your host, Chris Temple of NationalInvestor.com, and joined by Mickey Fulp, the mercenary geologist. And even though the rest of the precious metals complex gave back a little bit this week, uh, gold made yet another new high for this move, and it really wants to leave that 1915-1920 resistance in the rearview mirror if it can do it. Yeah, I'm not sure it can do it. It's bounced around up and down off that. Uh, well, the end of the week closed at 1927. That's a $7 gain. Silver, I think, got ahead of itself. It's up uh, even with this week's loss of 1.3% to 2394. It's still up over 30% since mid October. So what's that, three months? Platinum and palladium, both were down there off 4 to 5% over the last couple of weeks combined. Palladium closed at 1041. Uh, excuse me, platinum closed at 1041. Palladium closed at 1650. I really don't, haven't looked into it. I don't really know what's going on with the PGMs at this point. The only thing I've seen that made it at least half cents, and not not that that would explain the whole thing necessarily, is that with um, uh, the the EV craze, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say it's on its back foot, but it doesn't quite have the luster it did. You look at the share price performance of all of the major EV makers, and there's some concern, I think, that there's going to be less of these things used. So who knows? Uh, that, that well, but but that would mean more demand for platinum and palladium because those things are used industrially, especially palladium. 95% of palladium is used uh, for catalytic converters. Well, true. You don't have those in EVs. True. So, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, copper bucked that trend, though, and copper had its highest close yet for this latest move, which has been pretty strong. Yeah, it has, and it's kind of led uh, the entire industrial metal complex up. Uh, copper closed at 421. Came off a bit, but that's still a 2.7% gain from last week of 17 cents. Uh, the specs are basically piling in on the long side of the play. The cash to threes is pretty uh, robust at plus five cents. But maybe the reason it came off today is the Chinese New Year started today, and that's a 10-day a shutdown. Entire next week is uh, no markets open in, in China. So that's a yearly occurrence that knocks down copper demand. Yeah, well, it's nice to see it hold up despite that. And likewise for crude oil, which had another positive week. Yep, the bulls are in control. It was stronger, closed up almost 2% to 8140. And I watched it all day long. It was up all day. Uh, a lot of this has to do with OPEC and that infamous non predictor of oil and gas trends, the International Energy Association located in Paris, France, are both very bullish on demand going forward. IEA said demand's going to be up to 104 million barrels per day, all-time record, and that's uh, about a 4% gain over 
2022 when we used 100 million barrels a day. Uh, the numbers, the rigs in the U.S. were minus four, but there's a little bit more to, uh, news on that, and oil rigs are down 10 over the last week, while gas rigs were up six. So, uh, you know, the oil and gas business is pretty nimble generally, and uh, when they see things, prices going up in one commodity versus the other, or the trends are higher, they move those uh, rigs around. So, uh, obviously, U.S. oil industry has become increasingly bullish on that gas. Production, 12.2 million barrels per day. We've heard that for a few weeks now. One of the things uh, that is counterintuitive to a rising oil price are the inventories in the U.S. Private inventories have been soaring uh, up another 8.5 million barrels this week after something around 19 million barrels in storage last week. Imports uh, are soaring too. They're up to 6.9 million barrels per day over the last week. That's up a, uh, half a million barrels. Refineries dropped down again to less than 15 at 14.9 million barrels a day. Uh, that certainly is seasonal demand plus uh, scheduled maintenance that comes in in late winter, early spring, and refineries of the Gulf Coast. And finally, note that NGOs have sued over the new oil export terminal scheduled to be built offshore in the Gulf Coast, and that's capable of transporting 2 million barrels of oil per day of U.S.-like crude. So we'll see where that lawsuit goes. Uh, moving on, the uranium price for some reason softened a bit this week. Yeah, I don't really know why it could not hold $50. Uh, went right back down to the low 48s and change, which it has been at more or less uh, for the last month or six weeks after despite last week's rise of about 50 bucks close at 48.13 down two bucks on the week okay moving on the u.s dollar was starting to firm up until uh, uh fed governor christopher waller who used to be vice president and head head researcher whatever else he was in st louis started to open his mouth and pretty much endorsed a 25 basis point rate hike at the Fed's next meeting week after next, and yet again, the markets took this as meaning that the Fed's going to chicken out, and any minute now they're going to cut rates. Well, and you and I had a bit of a discussion before the program started, and I did not catch the guy's name. I thought you were referring to Bullard, who is the St. Louis Federal Reserve uh, governor, or whatever you call it. Yeah, president uh, in one of the regional banks and yeah. he came out on Wednesday and, and said we're going to keep increasing rates until uh, until we get down to the inflation level we want so uh, you got those two St. Louis guys talking one talking out of one side of his mouth and the other the other side uh, nevertheless the, the US dollar uh, dropped down today but it still remains pretty steady where it's been over the last couple of weeks of plus or minus a buck two, and it closed uh, at 101.99 today. Uh, 
Looney Euro didn't move much. Euro 108.6 for two basis point gain. Uh, the Looney closed at 74.75, and I'm looking down the board. Uh, that's about a two month high right there. Yeah, and you know it's certainly been getting some help from the better strength in gold and oil, I'm sure. And uh, actually, I'll, I'll tell you, looking forward, uh, if, if Canadians can ever figure out how to get rid of Justin Castro and get somebody in there who's more friendly to business, and with perhaps a, a longer commodity boom down the road, the, the loonie might be attractive again. I remember once upon a time when it was more costly than the U.S. dollar. Yeah, it went above par here six or seven years ago. Didn't stay up there very long. Uh, we'll finish up with the money segment by talking about 10-year treasury. It was basically flat, lost a basis point, closed at 349. But the bigger story is the increasing inversion of the three-month bill and the 30-year yield. Uh, we're talking 1.1%. And uh, uh, that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> it's mind-boggling. It's a very good indication of the recession that is either here or coming, and that's a high for 2023. Started getting inverted. We talk a lot about the two to ten year, but the three month to thirty year uh, went into version last couple of trading days of 2022. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's something that hasn't occurred to this magnitude in 40 years or something like that. We know what that 81-82 recession was like, so we'll see We'll see what the one ahead of us looks like. Moving on, the U.S. stock market uh, kind of mixed as we closed the week, but only because everything was underwater, but the rally today, uh, largely on what Waller had to say, at least took the NASDAQ out of the red. Yeah, the NASDAQ was positive for the week. The other two indices uh, were negative, but they every every market had big rallies today and closed at the session highs or more or less. Uh, we had a short week, so when I had four, four days of markets, uh, volatility continues to drop. Uh, VIX uh, closed today at 19.7 which is its 33-year average to the dot. So uh, average volatility, the blue chips really took it uh, this week, despite today's rally. Dow, 33.374, that's down 2.7%. S&P 500 closed down 27 points to 39.72. NASDAQ, uh, rallied toward the end of the day and closed positive 11-140 on the week. You know, a lot of this uh, right now, we've got the politicians wringing their hands and frowning their brows over this debt ceiling. Everybody's worried about it uh, uh, being maxed out, worried about U.S. defaulting on its obligations. Uh, but I think we all know how this movie ends. Uh, these are politicians just playing with fire once again. And that's the title of this week's program. 
from 1965, one of the first songs of the Rolling Stones, Richard and Jagger ever wrote called Play With Fire. Wow. I, that, that's, uh, I, I was a little boy at the time. I don't know if I remembered the Rolling Stones back then. I remembered the Mets in 1969. I can go back to, at least to there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember because the first uh, uh, long playing album, 33 and a third that I ever bought was the Rolling Stones uh, what was it called uh, Big Hits and Green Grass I think was what it was wow. called but that song was on it that's neat yeah you know you, there, there seems to be zero worry in the markets about the debt ceiling thing and as you pointed out we've seen this movie many times before you can have all kinds of threats back and forth and so forth and the government never defaults there was that point in 2011 where i think it was fitch that downgraded the u.s treasury debt by a notch we'll see what happens this time and when we're going to see well, they're just going to increase the debt ceiling which well, is what they always do well in the know? end in the end but this time around we had those 20 republicans who demanded a number of promises from the new House Speaker. Among those were that there's going to be no support by them to increase the debt ceiling uh, unless there are some spending freezes and even spending cuts. And So now we're going to find out what kind of cojones McCarthy really has. Did he promise things disingenuously to get the Speakership, or is he really going to go along? Because this could draw out more than we've seen in a while. Your point's well taken there. And I hope it does. I mean... No, likewise. What was the famous saying that no man's life, liberty, or property is safe while the legislature is in session? So if these guys uh, don't don't uh, uh, vote to increase the debt ceiling right away, there's less government. That means there's more liberty. So looking ahead, oh, before we get to next week, we got to mention the venture exchange again which uh, was an outperformer once more this week it was up nine points closed at 624 it had uh it was open five days canadian market so had a down an up day a couple of three down days and it was up again and ended up up 1.5 percent on the week uh, volumes remain very low in the mid-20s but uh, my question would be to newsletter promoters in the junior resource sector where's the beef i don't see it Not very true all right and uh, next week what are we looking at uh we've got some big numbers biggest one of course is q4 gdp We've got durable goods. We've got uh, personal consumer expenditures, uh, a measure of inflation rate. And finally, the Bank of Canada is going to tell us what they're going to do with their rates. Oh, that'll be interesting. Okay. And finally, for our uh, poll for this weekend, Mickey? This week, we go back to Bitcoin. And the question is, is what is your view of Bitcoin as a financial instrument. Choices are better than gold. Number two, beats fiat currency. Number three, cleptocurrency. And number four is other, and we certainly appreciate your acerbic replies. (laughs) 
I'm going to have to think of an acerbic reply. You know, it, it's, it is somewhat of a kleptocurrency, no question about that. But it's something that uh, i got to come up with the right expression, Mickey, for something that has great promise but fails fundamentally. Well, there you go, and I look forward to your reply on Twitter. Chris. All right. Good. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. Mickey, thank you uh, for all that you do, and uh, we'll, we'll see what Q4 GDP is in the U.S. this next week and what that does to the Fed equation and everything else, and, of course, wrap it up for you next Friday. Mickey, thanks, and have a great weekend. Thank you for all you do, too, Chris. Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly is syndicated exclusively by our friends at Kitco.com. To keep up with Mickey Folk, visit him online at MercenaryGeologist.com and on Twitter under at MercenaryGeo. Yours truly, Chris Temple, can be found at NationalInvestor.com and on Twitter, it's at NatInvestor. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you again next week.